plenty of. Come on, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for complete healing. Thank you for complete release. Now, how long has it been since you've moved your shoulder like that? Ten years. Ten years. Everybody say suddenly. Let's do it some more. Father, I just thank you for complete healing and complete release. Now, we're going to put that word to work, Linda, and you're going to come help me pray for this young lady, okay? And this, this, this arm right here, okay? Now, just lay your hand on her, and I want you just to walk, look at me right now in the name of Jesus. The reason I'm doing this is because you never see Jesus praying for people. You see him making decrees. You see him saying, rise, take up your bed and walk. Stretch out your hand, be made whole. Amen? Can you see what's happening right now? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I decree healing into this rotator cuff. Father God, doctors may have diagnosed things, but Father, you are the great physician. So right now, Lord, I thank you for the healing release, that healing anointing, and the Spirit of the Lord says, Daughter, don't you know that your feet were made to run to the nations? Don't you know that your feet have been been anointed to take my word into many different spheres of society, says the Lord, to be a woman of great influence, says the Spirit of God. And the Lord says, Daughter, I'm anointing you to get unstuck those things that have been stuck and to cause to work those things that do not work. I'm going to give you a breaker anointing of the Spirit, says the Lord. And I'm loosing a strong prophetic mantle all over your life. And by the way, I'm also healing your shoulder right now, says the Lord. Now, Father, I loose that healing power into her shoulder and I thank you for a complete release. Now, start moving your shoulder. Start moving. Don't push it past the pain. Just let's just go as a whoo. Now you've got more freedom. Let's see you. Come on, let's see you. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I just now what All right, now, Father, I thank you, Lord, for a complete release in this joint right here, Father God. I thank you, Lord, the same way, Lord, that you're releasing these others. Father, there is a release right now for this man of God. And I thank you right now, Father, for that healing anointing, Father, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And I thank you, Lord, that there is an overflow anointing all over him. Now lift up your hands all over this place. Father, I thank you that every spirit of pain is leaving. I command every spirit of infirmity to go. I thank you, Lord, that you are releasing men and women here today, Father God. And Lord, not only are you releasing them in healing and life, but Father God, you are releasing healing gifts into your people right now in Jesus' name. I want to pray for this gentleman right here. Sir, what do you need? I had been very strong. There had been no reason for this. A lot of weakness in the shoulder. I just saw God's healing. Can you move it? But it's hard, okay? Now look at me. He goes, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) It's a little better now, but I'm not not happy with a little better. Right now, just open up your eyes and look at me for just a second. Father, right now, I decree healing and life into this shoulder. And I break every assignment of darkness over this man's life. Right now, in the name of Jesus. And the Lord says, son, that you've been through a season where the enemy has tried to threaten you and intimidate you. You've been through a season where the enemy has tried to slam doors in your face. Where the enemy has tried to break relationships with people that you've loved. And he's tried to destroy. He is a destroyer. And he had his way in many areas of your life. But the Lord says... 
Jesus, son, the same way that I'm restoring your shoulder tonight, I'm restoring the wholeness back to your life, says the Lord. I'm restoring relationship. I'm restoring family. I'm restoring finances, the things that the enemy could rob and killed and destroyed out of your life. The Lord says, son, I am bringing life and life abundantly to you, says the Lord. And the Lord says, you're going to be a mighty man of faith. I've put a gift of faith inside of you that will be able to speak to mountains and see mountains move. Now, shoulder be healed in Jesus' name. Begin to move that shoulder. All right, now, whoo! Come on, healing, strength. All of you that have shoulders, lift up your hands. I mean, everybody has shoulders, but all of you that have issues with your shoulders. Father, right now, I just decree life and healing right now. Y'all don't fall. Hallelujah. Life and healing in Jesus' name. Life and healing. 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 In Jesus' name. Healing. Can you move it? It hurts. Okay, now, this shoulder hurts when you move it. Do you know what you did to it? Okay, so it's an injury. Okay, now, Father, I just thank you right now that there is a healing anointing right now to take every bit of pain, every bit of damage, Father God, every place where it's been worn down or it's been damaged, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. And I just hear the Lord saying that the shoulders are a symbol of authority. And the Lord says, daughter, I have mantled you with authority. I have opened doors to you because of the authority that you walk in. And the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I'm opening doors for you in this season of time that you feel like are way above what you're ready to walk through. You feel like that there is, that you're not ready, you're not equipped enough, you're not, you're, you're not qualified. But the Lord says, I am the God that opens the door. And as you go through the door, understand that you're not just going through wearing your own clothing. You're going through mantled with my authority mantled with my wisdom, mantled with everything that you're going to need, says the Lord. And at times the enemy tries to intimidate you, saying that you don't have the wisdom to take on the task that's at hand. But the Spirit of the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I don't just call the qualified, I qualify the called. And you are called to walk through this door. So I will qualify you in the midst of that process, says the Spirit of the Lord. Now, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are mantling her with an authority of the Holy Spirit. But, Father, at the same time, there is a mantle of healing that's coming on her father God Lord there's a healing of her heart from this last season where there was some hardships of the way some real difficult things that she had to press through and that she had to walk through Lord a little bit of a broken heartedness about the way that certain things turned out with some people that should have known better but the spirit of the Lord says daughter I want you to know that I'm able to be a redeemer in the midst of that whole situation as well and I'm healing you I'm redeeming you and I'm restoring you and now father I loose the healing into her shoulder and of the healing into her heart in Jesus name now just begin to move your shoulder. Father, I thank you, Lord, for healing anointing. Healing anointing. Even that place where the shoulder's caught, been catching. Father God, let there be a healing strength. A healing glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I want to pray for this young lady here. What's your name, hon? Scoliosis. Okay, can you bend your back? Come up here. See, I think God likes to show off. The Lord showed me this young lady as soon as she walked up. Okay, now, show, she has scoliosis, she said, which is a curvature. Okay, now, just show me what you can do as far as bending. Don't hurt yourself. I just want you. Okay, and how about front and back? Okay. pressure on my back. Okay, so... What, what, what we need to see is the movement that way and the straightening of the spine. Is that correct? How many think the Lord can do this? 
How many think this is piece of cake? Piece of cake for the Lord. Stretch your hands out and let's work with the Lord as he brings this miracle. Now, Father, I thank you for this miracle anointing. And the Lord says to you, my daughter, that I've called you to make the crooked places straight. I've called you to be one that raises a standard of righteousness. And the Lord says, daughter, sometimes that hasn't made you a lot of friends. And sometimes you've had to walk a very lonely path to walk in the standard of the Lord. And to walk in the way that I've called you to walk. And the Lord says, daughter, there were those that knew how to play all the church games and how to look right. But the Lord says, daughter, that when you stood and you confronted them on some things, it was a real tough thing for you. And the Spirit of the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I, that I have put a, a tremendous Esther anointing upon your life, says the Lord. And the Lord says that Esther knew how to stand between uh, the Lord and the people. And knew how to stand between the curse that the enemy wanted to bring in the land and knew how to stand as an intercessor. And the Lord says, daughter, that I'm mantling you as an intercessor, but I'm also giving you tremendous wisdom and tremendous boldness, says the Spirit of God. And the Lord says, I'm going to use you in a tremendous way, not just to, not just to bring a confrontation to individual lives, but to bring a confrontation in the Spirit about what's right and wrong. The Lord says, daughter, I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you, says the Lord. Because you paid a price that you and I only know about. And the Lord says, well done. Well done. Well done, daughter. Well done. Now lift up your hands and just receive healing from the Lord. Father, I thank you for the healing mantle. The healing mantle all over her, Father. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet, I just command this back, this spine, just to strengthen and be healed right now. In the name of Jesus, I command right now every crooked place to be made straight. Every vertebrae to come into alignment, Father God. Every place, Father God, that that it is out of alignment, Lord, I thank you for supernatural alignment now in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to start out by moving to the side that you can move. Okay. Now, I want you to go back to the side that you've been limited in your movement. Father, I thank you that there's a healing release. Just continue to go back and forth. And I want want you just to see the working of miracles. That there is a release that God is bringing. The working of miracles. The releasing of miracles. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the full release right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, I loose that anointing to her now. In Jesus' name. Lift up your hands one more time. Father, I rebuke pain. I rebuke sickness. I rebuke disease right now in the name of Jesus. I just want to minister one more. This gentleman right here. What's your name? Pain in your back and in your chest. Okay. Uh, Pastor Tom, could you just come pray with me with this gentleman? Now, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the anointing. Father, we release your strength right now to flow into every part of this man's body. We come against the assignment of the enemy that's tried to even cause his heart and his chest to be reactive to things that it ought not. Father, we break the power of the enemy that's tried to even cause the things that beat, uh, his, cause his heart to beat fast and cause it to even cause uh, a constriction and restriction. Now be loosed in the name of Jesus Christ. We loose him from the bands that have constricted him now. And we cause him to be able to receive the peace and the strength of the Lord and the abilities now in his body to be able to operate without stress and overwhelming fear that would try to come against his mind to think that something is going to go awry or wrong. Father, we break the assignment of intimidation now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. 
the Lord says, son, I want you to know that you and I are dealing with the fatherhood issues, says the Lord. And the Lord says, son, I'm teaching you about how I'm your father and about how you're my son. And the Lord says, son, that as a very young man, uh, even as in your boyhood, the Lord says that the enemy tried to release an assignment against your life. And the enemy tried to break you. Uh, break you. He tried to break you down. He tried to, 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 uh, to break off uh, any possibility of success. But the Lord says, son, I stepped in and I interceded for you, says the Lord. And where the enemy came in to even take your life on that one occasion where the enemy had you marked for death, the Lord says, son, I extended my hand and I said, you can't have him this one belongs to me and the Lord says son you're going to be a man of covenant you're going to build covenant from generation to generation and what you felt like you even lacked in your own life the Lord says son you're going to give to your own children and you're going to give to even even other children says the spirit of God because I'm going to have you be a a, a father to many that are fatherless says the Lord and many that are that that are, are are lost and destitute and drifting the Lord says son I'm going to give you a father's heart to speak into their lives to bring wholeness to bring direction, to bring confidence and to bring truth. And the Lord says, Son, I've been stripping you free of all that shame and I've been stripping you free of all that fear and I've been stripping you free of every accusation of hell. For the Lord says, Son, I've called you a mighty man of valor. I've called you like I called Gideon. Gideon, whose name meant warrior. And I said uh, and I said to him, Mighty man of valor, arise. The Lord says, I'm saying to you now, Mighty man of valor, arise. For generations are at stake and nations are are at stake. And the Lord says, Son, that I will use you to touch and to shape nations and generations, says the Spirit of God. Now, Lord, I thank you, Father, that you're healing him of every bit of pain, of every bit of dysfunction, Father God, of every place where the enemy has tried to grip his life and grip his heart and cause him to feel hopeless or helpless, Father God. Lord, I thank you that he is going to be bold. He is going to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and the anointing will destroy yokes. Lord, out of this man's life. The anointing will destroy yokes in Jesus' name. The Lord says you're not going to have to run away from things or be afraid. You're not going to have to be uh, worried that things are catching up to you in some kind of way. The Lord says you're going to face things with grace and you're going to have a capacity to be able to be bold. There's been an assignment in your, against your life to cause you to, to, to run scared a few times in your life because you were afraid of what was going to take place. But the Lord says it's a new day and there's an establishment underneath your feet and there's a capacity for you to stand and having done all to stand. And the Lord says it's a day of connecting and covenant and relationship. It's a day of establishment for you. And the Lord says that if you'll lay hold of what He's speaking to you today, that it will be a demarcation of moving forward and that you will run, but you will run as a mighty one for the Lord. You will run with a vision and you will run with strength, says the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't God good? Amen. Isn't God good? Well, turn to somebody and give them a hug and say, you, you look good tonight. Oh, hallelujah. We want to just greet you if you're here for the first time. Anybody here for the first time, very first time at KC? God bless you guys. Anybody else online perhaps? Lift your hand high. Put your hands together for these. God bless you. Come on, let's give them a big God bless you. Ready? One, two, three. God. God bless you. 
Just want to acknowledge the pastors that are in the house. Pastor Ed Callens, God bless you. Pastor Rick, would you guys stand up? Are there any other pastors that are here? Would you stand up? Stand up. Your staff, is your staff here? Go ahead, please. Please come on, put your hands together for these guys. We just bless you. We honor you. Praise God. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much. appreciate all that you do. How many appreciate the worship team and how they just bring the presence of the Lord and how they minister the things of heaven and minister the anointing of God? Amen. There was a, a brother that was standing over here. You kind of had your arms crossed and standing over here with a short hair. Are you still here? Did he go somewhere? I don't know if you know who you are. You were kind of came up for healing. Is he still here? If he is, let's go to ministry to him. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Turn to somebody and say, I am blessed and highly flavored of the Lord. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I noticed that there's a lot of Alaskan flavoring up here. Amen. Uh, you know, God's put a unique anointing, I believe, upon this state in the United States of America. And that God has released a strength. I think it's uh, that pioneering spirit. Uh, some people may call it a divine independence Maybe even stubbornness at times, but there's a strength that's in this land, a pioneering spirit that's needed. And I, I heard the Lord even say that there was going to be something that this land, this uh, state of the United States was going to bring as a saving grace for the lower 48. And that there was a, a strength that was going to flow out of this place even to be able to bring uh, almost an inoculation effect where uh, perhaps some things were trying to invade. It's like in your body, you're, you get diseases and things that try to invade into your body. But then uh, when you get that inoculation, it brings the strength of your immunity and you are able to fight what you're supposed to fight and you're able to arise the way you're supposed to arise in strength. And I believe God has uh, that refuge, if you will, here. But it's more than that. It's a reserve. And that God's going to raise up a powerful army for Him uh, in these last days, even out of this state. And even though it's a great vast wilderness and there's not a great population uh, to match that exactly, but I believe that there's going to be uh, uh, just a powerful instilling of God's anointing and strength uh, the way He wants it. Uh, brother, come on up here. I had a word for you uh, while uh, we're just talking here. I just felt the Lord say a couple of things, and so I wanted to minister to you. What's your name? Bill. Bill. The Lord says, son, I want you to know that my eyes have been upon you. And even uh, at the point where you are now, you've said, Lord, is it too late? And the Lord says, no. Uh, I am going to bring a restoration even into your life. And even some of the arenas that happened even early on in your life. And you said, God, I didn't operate too well. And the Lord says, that's right, but you weren't equipped. And there were things that weren't given to you that you could use to be able to rightly deal with the issues that were coming against you. And at times you felt overwhelmed and you felt like maybe it's my fault. But the Lord says that was the uh, accusation of the enemy to try to destroy the strength that I was trying to bring forth inside of you. But the Lord says today, son, I'm going to begin to equip you the way I need to equip you. And I'm preparing you rightly to be one that will carry my anointing and have a maturity in your life that will be able to have a covering for many. And the Lord says, son, I've done a work inside of your heart. And I want you to know even where uh, there was that sense of loss and even a, a certain realm of devastation that took place that tried to, if you will, ruin good things. 
the Lord says, son, this is a day that I'm going to breathe and I'm going to cause you to receive a restoration effect upon your life. And where you haven't felt whole, where you said, God, I'm missing some things that I need. The Lord says, son, this is a day that even as my word goes forth, it does not return void, but it does the work that I send it to. And the Lord says, now receive the healing that I want to bring into your life. And there's a sonship and there is a manhood and there's a new capacity for you to operate without anger and to be able to operate in a peace and with a joy that abides and is able to operate in your life in every arena. And the Lord says, you're never going to have to hide again. You're never going to have to feel like, uh, oh, I don't know if people really knew or if this was what I was going through, they would see. And the Lord says, this is a new day of integrity and a new day of standing up before me and know, knowing that you are blessed and that my hand is upon your life. Now, just if you would lift up your hand. The Lord says, as you lift up your hands even today, the Lord says, even the questions that you've had, and you said, I don't understand this, and I don't understand that, and I don't even know how to operate in, in this realm that uh, I see around about me. But the Lord says, this is a new influx of the anointing of His Spirit that's coming upon your life, and that you're going to be able to operate in some realms that you thought, that's just not me. And the Lord says, well, wait and see. And I'm going to show you what's really you. And this is a season of discovery for you, says the Lord. And when you really just discover who you are in me, you're going to have so much peace and there's going to be a joy that's able to be exhibited that will cause uh, uh, you not to go astray and say, well, I'm going to just do some other things because now I've got freedom. The Lord says, no, uh, there's a freedom to be able to be the kind of man that you always knew you were called to be. Now, I just anoint him and I release him in his strength for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Just give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hope. Hallelujah. You know, I believe that this state of Alaska is a key place that the Lord has pinpointed for this season of time. And I believe part of what God is saying that this uh, place is a gateway. You know, it's kind of the, the most northern state, of course, and it's uh, the largest state. And I believe that God is working in the gates more than ever before. In fact, I believe that this is a significant thing that God is saying in our generation and that God's going to cause His church to be able to operate in a, an anointing that will begin to give us influence on a whole new level. How many know that you were created to have influence? You were made to be able to legislate and oversee and to be able to govern and to be able to be one that makes a difference. How many have ever had a yearning inside of your heart and you say, God, I want to make a difference. I don't want to just pass through this life, but I want to see some things that last and abide. You remember uh, the Apostle Paul used to say it this way, God, I want to see fruit that remains. And I believe that should be our heart's cry, that whatever we do with the talents, the gifts, and the ability, and the time that God has given to us, that at the end of the day, we're saying, God, what I did made a difference, not just for me, but for my posterity, those that would follow, uh, follow after me, and for those that are in my territory. And I believe that God is saying something very significant. I want you, if you will, just to turn in, in the Word to Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 5. And uh, this is uh, a prophetic declaration that the Word of God is making, uh, even in the days of Isaiah, about what he does even at the gates. And we're going to talk a little bit about how do we deal with these things that are out there that we call gates in our society and in our lives and in our families and in so many things that are around about us uh, from the government right on down to the family. How do we deal rightly with what God has given to us and hold, holds us responsible for. And so it says this in Isaiah 28 and verse 5. It says, And in that day, the Lord of hosts 
How many know who the Lord of hosts is? The Lord of hosts is Lord Sabaoth. And Lord Sabaoth, this is one of the most used descriptions and names of God in the Word of God. And it literally means this. It means the captain of the armies, the Lord of the armies, the Lord of the multitudes, those that arise prepared for war. And so here it says, the Lord of hosts will be for a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty. I tell you what, I preached the message not long ago about the beauty of the Lord. And I tell you what, when you just really see who He is, sometimes we sing these songs, but I'm telling you what, when our eyes get open, you see who He really is. When you understand the power that is in the name of Jesus and the beauty and the display of all creation that's seen in Him and who He is, then all of a sudden it will literally transform the way that you view life and everything. And so here it says, you will be that release of royalty in the earth, the crown of glory and the diadem of beauty to the remnant of His people for a spirit of justice to Him who sits in judgment. The Lord says very clearly several times in Scripture, He says, My throne is established upon righteousness and justice. Righteousness speaks of our relationship with Him, with God. It speaks to who you really are, that that holiness, that, that reality of how you operate in this life. Righteousness, there's righteous acts, but there's righteous robes that we wear. And there's a, a righteous man, and a righteous man or woman is one that lives right. You live right before God, and you have a right relationship with Him. And that may, way that was made through Jesus Christ upon the cross gives us access to uh, the throne of God, and to the family of God, and to that connection and relationship point. And so righteousness speaks of us and God. God and how we relate. But justice speaks of how that is administrated in our relationships in family and government and society and all around about us, that when corruption enters in, God's not pleased. In fact, the enemy tries to come into territories and he wants to do what? Rob, kill, and destroy. Well, he does that because he gets away with it. That's why. And if people can get away with things, they do things called lawless deeds. And in a lawless spirit, then people begin to uh, allow their unredeemed uh, uh, nature to come through. And all of a sudden, things happen. We had a police officer here uh, this morning uh, that was a part of this fellowship. I don't know if he's here tonight, maybe on duty. But we prayed and prophesied over him. And he is a minister of justice in our city or in our state or our nation. And he is a minister of God, it says in Scripture, because he represents authority. And you cannot understand the kingdom of God without understanding authority. How many understand that if you have a problem with authority, I'm going to meddle for just a minute. If you have a problem with authority, then you have a problem with God. Because God, who is the ultimate authority figure? God. And so if we have the spirit of rebellion upon us, then we have a spirit of antichrist that's contrary to the spirit of God. And so as we go through this life, we may have issues with authority, but God's after those issues so that we can relate to Him rightly and understand authorities in the earth to bless us. When we have that rightful understanding, then we can be a representative of Him rightly in the earth to be able to stand at the gate and operate with the right kind of thinking. You know, there's no a blessing or there's nothing good about someone even who is a Christian who gets positioned at the gate or gets positioned in a place of influence if they don't have a renewed mind and a right heart then when they get there they're just going to make it worse and defame the name of the Lord 
But when we are changed and transformed and when we have these things rightfully laid in our life, then when we are given that opportunity, then all of a sudden the name of the Lord is made great and great joy comes into the city or to the nation because we operate the way that we're called to. And so here it says that he will be a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment. When you read through the scripture, you find that justice is an important component to the kingdom of God. And God's heart is greatly moved and grieved at times when justice is not done. And so that's a component. But, you know, you can't just say we're going to have a social gospel and then divorce yourself from righteousness. And at the same time, you can't just say, well, we're real godly people, but we don't care about the the component of uh, just things being done in our society. Those two work together to bring forth God's purposes in the earth. And so we need to have people that have a right understanding about God's kingdom in the earth. And it says this, that spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and for strength to those who do what? Turn back the battle where? At the gates. Listen, there is always a battle that is raging and the the battle that rages is at one place. It's called the gate. We personally, as human beings, we have ear gates, eye gates, mouth gates. We have all kinds of gates in our body. And that's where the battle rages. What are we going to do? What are we going to allow in? What are we going to allow out? In fact, Jesus said, you know, you Jews are really conscious about, you know, the things that go into you, what you eat and all this kind of stuff. But he says, you know what? You're more justified by what comes out or not (laughs) by the words of your mouth. Is more important to me than even what goes in, what's coming out of you. Of course, we know garbage in, garbage out, good things in, good things out. And so what we consume is important. And so God's looking for men and women that need to, uh, and, and know how to do something very strategic. And that is, they know how to get to the gate and then they know how to operate rightly there. And the battle rages at the gate. Why is that? Because a gate is a point of access. A gate is a place of opening where things are either released or shut up or things come in, things go out. This is the place where we need to be able to say, God, how do I position myself rightly? That's why intercessors are so important because they stand at the gate of heaven and they begin to intercede and they stand between man and and his folly and between uh, circumstances of the enemy and what God wants to do through the righteous. And they stand there at the gate and they say, no, devil, you're not coming through. They, they take that authority and that ability God's given to them seriously and they say, we're going to do something. Remember in Psalms 24 where it says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, O ye ancient doors, and let's open up now. It's time to open up and do what? Let the King of glory come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord, strong and mighty in battle. The Lord, Sabaoth. The Lord of hosts, that He wants to come and be strong in what? Battle. You know, you say, well, I don't know, uh, Pastor Tom, I'm just a lover, I'm not a fighter. You know what I found out? If you really are a lover, you have to be a fighter. Because if you love your family, you will fight for your family. If you love your country, you will fight for your country. If you love your children, you will fight for your children. If you don't care, you won't be there. But if you do care, I tell you what, you're going to engage. 
bear may be coming, grizzly out of Alaskan wilderness, heading for your kid. It doesn't really matter, you know, that mom, that dad just has that way. We're going to step in the way and say, bear, you better back up or we're going to tangle one way or the other. But you're not getting past me into my kid. Come on. If I die, I die, but I'm getting in the way. Right? If you love, you will fight. That's why David, there's no contrary thing about David when he was a worshiper and he just loved to be out on the field. But I tell you what, the lion, the bear come to, to do things against the things he's responsible for. He said, hey, 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 I, I may just have a sling, but I'm getting in the way. Didn't care about Goliath shouting, mocking, being strong, spitting, ugly, smelling thing that he was, cursing him by his gods. He said, I don't care. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the strength that God's given to me and I'm going to do what I can with the abilities God's placed in my hand. And I believe that God's looking for those that are willing to stand at the gate. And I believe there's something here as a promise, if you will, to you and I that says those that are willing to war at the gate, God will do something. You know, He's going to give special strength to them. Come on. I think that He needs some special forces. Just like we have in our military that they know how to go ahead and get to those places that need to change. You know what? When you're in the military and you know that you are called to special ops, Navy SEALs, whatever it takes, uh, SEAL Team 6, whatever it is uh, out there, you know. These guys are trained. They know their weapons. They know their mission. And not only that, they've been trained in such a way that everything that matters once they hear that call is... I don't care if I die. The mission, the mission is everything. Praise God we got some people like that on the front lines that say, I will turn the tide by doing whatever I have to do. I don't believe that that's supposed to be some little small conclave of the rest of the army of Christ. I believe that the whole church is supposed to live like that, that we're living on a mission, believing that we have some weapons that will make a difference and the strategies of hell are not going to prevail against what we're called to do and that we're going to the gate and opening it up for God's purposes to prevail there and that God says He will give special strength to the special forces. Amen? And that when you're willing to battle at the gate, God will be there with you. You know what? Sometimes we say, I don't know. We're not seeing miracles. We're not seeing this or that. And God's just waiting for you to position yourself rightly and saying, when you get there and get out there where I need you to be, that's where you're going to see the most of me. When you're battling at the gate is where God loves to show up and shift the tide. You remember when he was talking to uh, Abraham and he said, I want to give you this great blessing. I'm going to bless you above all the nations of the earth. And in multiplying, I will multiply you. And in blessing, I will bless you. And then it says in Genesis 22 and verse 16, it says, As I'm giving you this blessing, you will be multiplied like the, the sand uh, on the seashore. And we got a lot of that down in Florida. If you ever get a chance to come see us on the panhandle there near Destin, sugar, white, sand, if you're standing there in the sunlight, it looks a little bit like some snow, but it's not cold. And it, Caribbean waters is just beautiful. But we got a lot of little granules, honey. I mean, they're everywhere, and they'll get in everything. But he said, that's how, how I'm going to multiply you. And I'm going to multiply you in such a way that it, it, it'll be an abundant blessing. But this is the reason that I want to do this for you. You said this. And your descendants shall possess... The gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. 
Why would God want to bless Israel? Why would God want to speak His word over His covenant people that kind of way? Just so they can, oh, hang out in their church and in their tents and just say, oh, how great you are, God, and you love us more than anybody else, and then this is wonderful, and you blessed us so much, and isn't that a good thing? And that's great. We should praise, and we should be happy, and we should fellowship there, but that was not the end of the story. God intended that I will bless you. The reason God wants to prosper you, the reason that God wants to heal you, the reason that God wants to restore your soul, the reason that God wants to bless your family is purposeful. He says, I will bless you that all the nations of the earth might be blessed, that I would bless you, that you could be a blessing and that you could have strength to be able to battle at the gate. And I believe that's what God is trying to say to us. It's not some kind of selfish thing that says, God, more, 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 me, me, me. It's about, God, give me everything into my hands and I'll show you that I am a faithful servant and I will be faithful and I will be at the door of the, of the house of the Lord, but I will also be at the gate of the city and I'll stand for you and make a difference. See, the points of access are in the earth and you and I are called to make a difference. That word, when it says possess, is the word yaresh. And it literally means this. It means in the Hebrew to seize, possess, to take possession, to inherit or to disinherit, to occupy, to impoverish or to be an heir. In other words, you're going to take something from the illegitimate things that are happening in the earth and you're going to place it into a rightful alignment so that blessings can come. So that releases of peace can come upon homes and families. So that things that have been done wrongly can be set right. So that those that are righteous would arise and we can say uh, the nation is blessed because of the righteous rule. It's not just that they call themselves a Christian. It was that they were righteous and because they were righteous and had justice in their heart, the kingdom of God began to be released in a city, in a state, or in a nation. And so God's looking for those that are not afraid to put their head up above the crowd. How many know that if you put your head up a little high, somebody might take a few shots at you? Come on, just ask your governor, Sarah Palin. Come on. Just take a stand for something that's righteous and right and see how many people get angry gnashing their teeth at you. I mean, just ask Jesus when he was only doing good things and doing that which his father told him to do. And he got people so mad they wanted to violently tear him up. I mean, spitting mad. Gnashing teeth. You know, just, oh, you know. And, and, and so angry inside of them, even though he went about doing good and healing the sick and helping the oppressed. You can do it right and still get a different response from people than you would like. But somebody has to be willing to step up to the plate and say, okay, God, I'll be used. Even if I get abused, I'm willing to be used. You know, uh, I want to be used of God, but I feel so used in the church. <laughs> Sometimes when you're used, you might feel a little used. But then you just got to say, but oh, I remember, God, I did already make that commitment in my life to follow you in that kind of way. The points of access are going to be the things that have the greatest influence. And that's at the gate. The word gate, it says they set the gate in the Old Testament. They would set the gate to the city and, and they would either set it with a blessing or they would set it with a curse. And if they set it with a blessing, it did great things. If a curse was entered in there, then like Jericho, the curse would enter into bitterness and brokenness and death and barrenness would try to come forth. 
Listen to this word in the Hebrew. It's the word amad. It means to set. It means to stand, to remain, to endure, to, to, be, to present oneself, to attend upon, to serve at the gate, to abide, to persist, to take your stand, to hold your ground, to be upright, to arise, to come on the scene, to rise up or against and to be appointed to. In the natural, there are a lot of gates that we can see in our society and in our uh, area, you know, uh, here in Alaska, you have things like ports and rivers and airports. You have things like courthouses that are, that are gateways into the legislative uh, positioning of the land. There are uh, churches and there are all kinds of other things that we find. These are gateways. You remember that uh, uh, Jacob wrestled and, and at the end of the day he made a monument and said, Bethel, this is where God will live. That there's, there's a gate, a portal of heaven that we can persist in standing for what is right and wrestling with what we need to and dealing with what we need to even in our own lives so that there can be a memorial for the Lord and that God would look and see and say, there's something that I must do there because of one that has stood. It's kind of interesting that our land that we are uh, on in uh, Florida there, it's kind of a, uh, a piece of property that's just a few miles from the beach, and yet at the same time, uh, our little stretch of, of land wasn't real developed when we first arrived there about 30 years ago. And so it was uh, kind of a little bit of almost not totally virgin territory, but definitely un- underdeveloped and undeveloped territory uh, along the panhandle of Florida. And so we were there on Highway 98, and we, we bought this uh, piece of property of 20 acres. And uh, when we first got there, it was just kind of like a lot of Florida brush and, and uh, pine trees and a lot of um, uh, scrub oak and just vines everywhere. You could hardly walk through it. And it was, it was uh, a, a piece of property that we began to work and we began to develop. And then it wasn't long after that that... God gave us an opportunity to buy some more acreage. So we had 20 acres, and we bought another uh, 40 acres across the street, and then another 20 acres. Ended up we had about 80 acres in this parcel. And uh, it wasn't until we bought the very last piece of this property that we found out a little bit more about the story of our property. And the story went like this. We were talking to Miss uh, Bertie May Robbins there and uh, buying that last piece of property and and we began to just explain to her, you know, what, who we are again about the ministry and then what we were believing to do and all that kind of thing. And, and all of a sudden she says, really? She says, you know, my grandfather came out to this piece of property at the turn of the century. And he was a general in the Salvation Army. And he felt the Lord led him out. And that was back when this great highway that's there now was practically just a dirt road came out to this sandy area in florida that everybody said what would you want to go there for because you can't grow anything what good is it you know and and, uh, he he bought this 80 acre parcel and i can remember he went out on that property and he took a vial of oil and he poured it out upon the, the land and he began to say lord i dedicate this land to be a place where ministers will come and be trained and equipped and they'll go into the nations of the earth and where, as a general in the Salvation Army, that the army of God will arise and be sent forth. Now listen, he died. And it was given over to his four children at the point that we came and started piecing together these properties as one. Again, uh, three of the properties had been sold off. 
by the children. And so we were buying them from uh, the, the ones that had bought it from the children. But it wasn't until we got this last piece from the remaining family member that still owned this property. And with tears in her eyes, she began to say, I believe that you are fulfilling the vision that my grandfather had at the turn of the century when he dedicated this land. And we began to say, we're going to equip ministers and we're going to have conferences and we're going to have a training and, and a schooling and, a, and, a, and, a, and we believe in the army of the Lord that God's arising in the last days. And she just, her eyes got bright and the tears began to flow. And she says, I see that you're fulfilling what he dedicated a hundred years ago. Now, how many know that God hears when you make a dedication of your life, when you take your children and say, Lord, I dedicate them to you, when you take property and when you take possessions and when you have things and you may say, but look, I'm dying and I don't see the fulfillment of it. God still hears and oversees and it may be a generational release that God may bring. But how many know that God is faithful and God is true? And sometimes God will do it differently than we might think. But I'm telling you what, when we operate rightly with what we have, God will attend to our prayers. And so I believe that God's calling the church to operate in a very specific way. We have on uh, uh, the wall of our church what we call the seven mountains. And the, the seven mountains are, are what uh, is a teaching that's going out a lot right now. Just talking about the various uh, areas of culture that really, uh, the things that shape a culture, that shape a nation, that shape a territory. And so it's things like uh, entertainment, it's things like government, it's things like education and commerce and business. Business and finance and, and, and things of uh, uh, was that media, of course, is a big one anymore, and how much they have an influence in our land, the family, the uh, the church, and all these different kind of things that really make the difference. And I believe that they're not just mountains, but they're gateways. They are the things that, in accordance to how uh, things happen at those places, will make all the difference in our land. Well, I don't know, you know, what they do in Washington. I can care less. I just don't even like to know. Uh, Whatever they do is going to affect you. And you, I've heard people say this. Well, you know, you can't legislate morality. Oh, yeah? I want to tell you this. What I believe is that every law that is made legislates morality. Somebody's going to say, that's robbery or that's legal. And you might say... To me, that's more robbery than legal. But if the law says it's legal in our nation or culture, it's okay by the law. Okay? Somebody may say that's self-defense or it's murder. Somebody will legislate morality. And some people might call evil good or good evil. And it will be in accordance to what? Their values. Somebody will legislate morality in accordance to what they believe is right and wrong. And it says, if a man is left to himself, that he will determine for himself the, the ways that are right or wrong, but the ways that he will follow will lead to death. But the Lord says there's a way to life. It may be narrow, but when you align yourself to it, then God can bring a great blessing to you, your family. Somebody's going to define what a family is. Somebody's going to define these issues of when life starts and when it doesn't. Somebody's going to define something about uh, what's right and what's wrong in our society, what's corrupt and what's evil and what's good. And it'll be determined by those who operate at the gate. 
And so God is looking for some men and women to say, I'm willing to be an Esther. I'm willing to be a Daniel. I'm willing to be a Cyrus. I'm willing to stand up. And even if I get falsely accused, because listen to me, if you take the dare to say, God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do and be who you need me to be, there will be a reality to a couple of things that will probably take place. One is, you will probably come against some jealousy. Ask Joseph about that one. Ask Daniel about that one. And out of jealousy, you will have some things called false accusation. And you'll have something else called persecution. And it's not always by the enemy. Sometimes it's your brothers that threw you in the pit. Come on. But what if Esther would not have arisen? And the proclamation and scheme of Haman, not Haman, Haman, get it straight, was able to be accomplished in that land, what would have happened? And remember the word of the Lord through Mordecai. Do you think that you'll be safe in the king's palace? You also are a Jew. You also are a Christian. It will affect you as well. You will not escape. And so the Lord through Esther, you know, perhaps I have been blessed and come to the kingdom for such a time as this. If I perish... I perish. I mean, these three Hebrew children were going to stand. Everybody else was bowing down. They had been mentored at the hand of Daniel. And they were the kind that were willing to stand up when everybody was bowing down and say, Here I am. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. If I go into the fiery furnace, okay. But God, I'm not bowing down to these things. I'm going to bring change. And the king's decree and his whole testimony was changed because these three stood and were willing to face the fires of persecution. Somebody has to be willing to stand at the gate and say, here I am. Daniel had to say, I'm not going to stop praying because they made it illegal. And say, this is what they'll do to me if I don't do what they say. Come on. If you position yourself at the gate, there may be a price that you pay, but what's the price you pay if you don't? And so God's looking for some people that just dare to to believe that God could use them. Well, I don't know if I'm all that great. You don't have to be somebody great. Do you realize that, that, uh, you know, Daniel was just a slave boy and so was Esther? They weren't anybody great. But God just chose them and they said, we're going to do it God's way. And and God just gave them favor that was beyond their ability. They were just normal, natural little, you know, people that were going through their life. And God says, you, I need you today. You're going to make all the difference for the nation and for the future. Are you kidding me? Yes, you. And it may not be that you have to be on the national stage. Maybe it's just here in Wasilla. Maybe it's just in your family. Maybe it's just in the job that God's put you in. But God has a destiny for you to stand for Him and stand at the gate and say, No, it's not going to take place like that here. I'm going to believe God and I'm going to war and battle for what is right in the gate. And God's looking for some men and women that have that kind of heart inside of them. You know... I believe what God wants to do is He wants to release some things into our hands that make all the difference, and it's something that's called a key. How many know that if I was trying to get in this church and I walked up to the doors and it was locked, I could, you know, pound. I mean, maybe you could take my car and try to break through, or I could try to 
force my way in, break a window, do something, but it wouldn't be the right thing or the best thing to do. But if I came up to that door and I was a righteous person, you know, I would just kind of jiggle and say, I can't get in, oh well. But if I had a key, my whole mentality would change. Hey, it may be locked, but I've got a key. In fact, if you have a key or a set of keys or whatever right now, just uh, oh, take them out right now. All right? I only have one key because that's, that's all Pastor Daniel trusted me with. But it is a trust for the truck, so I appreciate it. Kind of jingle them a little bit. They like to make some noise. Right, 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 right. Okay, now, let me ask you this. Why do you have those keys in your hands? Why do you have them at all? What's that for? Do what? Open up some doors. What else do you do with them? Make noise. <laughs> what else? Start some things. Open up some things. Shut down some things. Lock up some things. What did Jesus say to his church? He says, I've given you what? The keys of the kingdom. And that when you operate with these keys, what will you do? You will have the opportunity to either open the heavens or shut them up. Open the earth or shut them up. How many know there's some doors that just need to be locked, shut up, and left behind? And when you use your keys, then you can do those things. And there's some doors that need to be opened up wide so that the King of Glory can come in. You know, what's amazing about a key is a key can be such a small thing. And yet I can go out to that truck, and if I can get the little ignition to work, (laughs) I can turn on this massive motor and I can get all these, you know, this power and horsepower flowing and going. I noticed in Alaska they like the horsepower around here, you know. They squeal those wheels and roar those. I mean, we hear them in the church right outside here. But everywhere I go, they're, man, is it, it must be. It's summer. It's light. Let's go. Hallelujah. But, you know, you can roar that engine, right? Little bitty key starts big things. You know, the president can have a key and he can unlock the White House or whatever. But you know what? Who else has a key uh, to the executive offices? It's not just the president of the office. It's also someone called the janitor. In fact, sometimes the janitor has a lot more keys uh, than the president does. And so, you know, you may feel like, I don't know. I'm just here to serve. What, What difference can I make? And yet, if you use your key, see, what the janitor does is he comes up and cleans up some big messes. And set some things straight. So that work can be done the way it's supposed to. I tell you what, when you're in a hotel, you appreciate the maid that can have a key to get in your room and take care of some things for you. And so, you know, you may think, well, I'm not all that great. You know, we watched a video not long ago in our church and it uh, was one of the Baldwin brothers, Stephen Baldwin. He got saved. Now, I watched this video about his salvation. You know how he got saved? Movie star. In a big family, Hollywood type, you know, all that kind of thing. This little maid, probably Mexican, I imagine, working in his house, mansion, I'm sure, came in every day and just was joyful and kind of happy. And one day, you know, they were just talking and she said, man, why are you happy all the time? Well, I just, you know, I, I, I love Jesus and I, I love the Lord. And said, you do. Yeah, he says, you know what? I'm not just here to clean your house. You're not just here to clean my house. You know, they get suspicious. What what are you here for? 
says, God's also sent me here to help you and to save you from your mess. Wait a minute, you're just some little servant girl come here to clean my messes up and take it. No, I'm not just doing that. God's got me here for another reason too. And she had been praying through that house ever since she got there. And they knew there was always a peace when she came. There was always something that she brought. When she, she left, there was also something that left. And, and, and so they knew there was something real about that. And she just kept saying that to them until one day he says, you know what, what is it? What are you talking about? And she was able to explain the whole uh, uh, reality of salvation and the gospel to him. And they're saved today in a testimony in Hollywood in their high places because a maid knew that there was more to her job than just cleaning up and vacuuming the floor. She used the key and brought great influence that now he's on the video, she's not, but it was because of her faith. And you never know when you are the one that has, is given access because you are a servant, because you're not all that and thinking you're all that, that you're the one that has the opportunity to bring great change because you're willing to be used that kind of way. So God has placed keys into our hands. If you uh, might think about it this way, you know, just think about maybe uh, perhaps somebody that immigrated into this great land of opportunity, the United States, and maybe this person was destitute where they came from, and they came to America over the land of opportunity to try to make something of their life, and they got here, and as they were young, they struggled, they worked, they labored, they used their gift, and over a period of time, they were able to get a good job, and then to be able to do more to create a business, and over time, man, they really made it. They made something of themselves, and so uh, this man, you know, he's not only blessed in his business, but he's blessed in his family, and he's so excited about all that has happened for him from the days of destitution to the days of, of blessing, and so he's living this life, and, and one day he decides he has this son. And he's excited about him growing up and seeing him come into his own. And he's turning 21 and he wants to bless him so much. And he's so excited that he's able to because of what he's done with his talent and gifting. And so one day he says, son, I know I've had to sacrifice and we've gone through a lot in life. But we're blessed today and I want you to know I've gotten you something special for your birthday. And so he says... It's right here in my pocket. It is in your pocket. What could it be? What's so great that it could be in your pocket? He says, son, I got you something I know you're really going to love. What is it, Dad? What is it? I can't wait. What is it? Okay, son, this is what I got. Here it is. A key. Dad, no. What, what is that? To, you know how you've always just had that heart desire to have a red Ferrari? Man, I went out and got you a red Ferrari. And it's on the front lawn out front. And it's just waiting for you. Oh, Dad, I can't believe it. Here, son, it's yours. Woo! Wow, man, Dad, hallelujah. Woo, this is mine. Hallelujah. Runs out, dances around it, kicks the dirt. Oh, it's real. How oh, beautiful it is. Opens the door, looks at it. Smells like a new car. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my friends are going to be so excited. This is such a great blood. I can't believe it, Dad. This is awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dad. I think I'm going to go to town now. You know, I want to go to town. Um, then the son decides to walk down the street puts the key in his pocket and puts out his thumb. Somebody please give me a ride. And if he never took that key out and put it in the ignition of that car and 
you know, made that thing roar and took it down the street and used it to its full capacity. If he never used that key, he just took it out and said, oh, thank you, thank you, Dad. I just thank you again. Wow, Dad, thank you again. That was great. Oh, here's another praise service. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But he never used that key. How do you think the dad would feel? And Jesus said, I paid the price for this purpose that I made that sacrifice for this purpose so that you could receive. I went to death, hell, and the grave. I took and wrested all these things out of the hand of the enemy. I paid the ultimate price. And now I want you to know it's all for you. Here is yours. And yet, can you imagine his heart to say, What? You're never going to use that key? And I believe one of the greatest keys, see, we go around and we talk a lot and we activate a lot and minister a lot about the prophetic because, not because, oh, it's the latest thing or that's a nice little tease or isn't that so glamorous, isn't that a great thing and, oh, wow, that's so powerful. No, I believe it's one of the greatest keys that God has ever released to His church in the earth to be able to operate in the anointing that God intended to bring. If you remember when Jesus uh, was talking to His disciples, He asked, who do everybody say that I am? They gave Him a lot of answers. Some said, uh, you're a prophet Elijah or John the Baptist or Jeremiah. He's, he went on a little further and he wasn't satisfied with their answer. And he turned to them and said, but who do you say that I am? And he went a little bit quiet and yet all of a sudden Simon in the back is, oh, I know, I know, I know. It's all right, Simon, what do you know? He said, I know something about you though, that you're not just the carpenter's son. You're not just a, a, another philosopher. You're not just a rabbi. You're not just a teacher. You're not just a prophet. You are the Messiah, the son of God himself. Woo, radical stuff. How did you get that? Well, it wasn't from the University of Jerusalem, I'm telling you, the Father revealed it to you, and now you know something about me that you didn't know before. And then Jesus turns back to him and says, now that you know who I really am, let me say something to you, Simon. You're not really Simon after all, but you are Peter. You're not some shaking reed. You are a rock. And then he said, upon this rock I will build my church. It was not upon the shoulders of Peter, but it was upon this rock of revelation. And he said, I will build my church that way. And that when I build my church that way, by the release of revelation, people knowing who I really am and what I can do and what I created them for, I can speak to them prophetically about who they really are and who I made them to be from the beginning. And when that takes place, I will build my church. And the kind of church I built... The gates of hell will not prevail against that kind of church. For I will give them the keys to the kingdom. And that whatever they bind and whatever they loose, they will change the heavens and they will change the earth. That's what Jesus was talking about. I paid the price for that to take place. Not for us to just sing kumbaya in our church and say, wasn't that nice? That was good. We appreciate the fellowship we have with heaven and with one another. But there's always a purpose in our unity. There's always a purpose in our fellowship with Him and with one another. That God is doing something in the midst of us. And He's trying to challenge us. He says, I've given you keys. Now I want you to operate. And the way you operate is at the gate. You know, honey, I know that you do a lot of flying as well. And there was one day that she was... Uh, sitting by somebody there in her, uh, she got upgraded into the first class section, and so 
she was sitting next to this guy, and she just usually, you know, likes to kick back and sleep if she can to get a little rest. And she was kind of reading her book, and this guy was a little bit past it with the free drinks that they were passing out in first class. And and, uh, he had probably been doing a little bit of a good job of it before he ever got there. And so he was inebriated. He was drunk to an extent, definitely uh, past it. And so he was kind of trying to talk to her, and she doesn't want to talk to him. And, and uh, to the point he's all, you know, actually tapping her knee, which obviously was not a good thing because you heard about her spirit of severity, you know, anyhow. And uh, so she was kind of stiffening up and kind of getting deeper in her book and kind of like, leave me alone and ready to, the spirit of slap was coming upon her very quickly. Hallelujah. And... Uh, and then she says, all of a sudden, the Lord said, Daughter, I upgraded you purposely. Put down your book and talk to the man. Uh, so she obeyed. And just to cut the story a little short, she obeyed. And she started talking to him. And, and first, one of the questions, you know, they always ask, you know, well, well uh, what do you do? And, you know, sometimes she says, you know, uh, uh, I'm a pastor, and oh, woman pastor. Or sometimes she'll say, I'm a prophet, and the guy will get up and move, and uh, you know, <laughs> or interpret. I'm a, I interpret people's dreams. This is all kinds of things she might say. But you know, uh, this time she said, Well, I, I, I'm uh, a minister, and the guy turns to her, flush in the face. A minister, a minister. I mean, he's getting loud and obnoxious and in her face and just almost raging to the point that this steward, you know, was running over and kind of, uh, uh, you know, trying to, what can I do and what's going on here and you know, trying to hover around to see what's happening and and uh, oh, he's just raging mad. Was started cursing. And she's saying, God, you told me to talk to him. Oh, you know. And so instead of just retaliating or just withdrawing and saying, what's this about? She stopped and she felt the Spirit of the Lord say, ask me. Ask me why he's so mad. And so she asked. And the Lord dropped a couple keys. Keys into her hands. And the keys were this. He's mad because in his upbringing, he, he was misused and abused by a priest. And he's also mad because he's lost one of his sons to a cult. And he has no communication anymore. And there's a deep root of bitterness and anger and resentment that's grown inside of his heart toward me and toward the church. And so she just turned toward the man and says, well, I appreciate you sharing your heart. <clears throat> and, uh, but, you know, as you were obviously upset, I, I started asking, just praying for you and asking God to show me some things. And I just felt that he showed me a couple of things about some things going on in your life. And, and what he showed me was this. And she just shared those couple of things with him about what she felt the Lord wanted to say to him. And that God wanted to change these circumstances and heal his heart and heal his family and different things along that line. And this man that at uh, one moment was raging and so harsh and just coming at her in such a a belligerent way, tears began to fill his eyes and he put his hand, head in his hands and just began to cry and sob. And she was able to, the rest of the way, kind of share with him the truth about God's word and God's love toward him. 
How do you change hard hearts? How do you change that circumstance? I mean, uh, how do you deal with things that look like they're impossible? I remember that when we were just young in California and I was going to Bible college and she was having to work a job. She was having to work on the uh, insurance job and uh, California casualty and she had this feminist boss. Oh, my goodness. This was in, uh, see, 19, early 1980s. And boy, she was like she had gotten her way to the top one way or the other. And she was not all that happy to have this little Christian girl that uh, was uh, her, her husband was going to Bible college working for her, even though Jane was doing a great job. And so uh, she just made it hard on her. And I can remember so many times my wife coming home and just crying. Crying her way home, crying when she got in my arms, you know, and we had to have the money. I mean, we were just scraping by. We were had nothing, and so it's just like, well, honey, I don't know, and I don't know. And then the worst of the worst came for her boss, at least. Uh, we got pregnant, didn't plan on it, you know. Things happen, okay, you know. So God had His hand on our life, but we we got pregnant. We're at Bible college, and uh, and uh, didn't have any money, and you know, God takes care of you in all kinds of circumstances, but you know. Boy, that her boss was like, oh my, How, you know, just so she just trying to face her boss and trying to say that to her, and then trying to, oh, it just it was just like, and then you know we had the baby and had Crystal and everything, and then she had to go back to work, and it was just like, it's just impossible to think about, just too much. And yet, when she was faithful and she began to minister to her boss in a spirit of excellence and do certain things that God told her to do, and you know what? That boss that at one point was just the harassment of her life became the greater, greatest promoter. And she made allowances and promotions and ways for her that would just, no way, totally turned a hard heart. And I'm telling you that God will give you keys that if you will operate, it's like, oh, I don't know, my wife will never change. Well, maybe because you have never... Use the key that God gave to you to unlock her heart. Or my husband, you know, oh, my children. Well, you know what? God has keys for you. And then when you use those keys, it brings all the difference. Yes, it may be locked to you, but God says, knock and begin to use what I've given to you. And things can change. And one of the keys that God loves to use in our life is this key of revelation, the key of wisdom. In fact, you know, it says in Luke 11 that the, the apostles and prophets are the key of knowledge. And it it literally says this, Woe to you lawyers, for you've taken away the key of knowledge. I would send you apostles and prophets. Some of them you will kill, and others you will persecute. How many want to be an apostle or prophet now? Hallelujah. Uh, Kill, persecute. I take persecution. All right. So, some of them you will kill, some of them you will persecute. But woe unto you, for you have taken away the key. Don't despise prophesying. Why? Because prophecy edifies, builds the church. A religious spirit hates the prophetic. But people that are hungry for God love it when God speaks. And when God releases His Word, it's a key that unlocks our potential and our destiny. It's not just about that you get to hear about what you're going to do someday. It's about God releasing your true identity in Him and you operating in all the abilities He intended for you to operate in. That's the way God always did it from the beginning in creation. He spoke the worlds into existence. He said, let there be light. And He began to breathe the breath of life. He says, my words, they are spirit. My words, they are life. When God speaks, 
it's not just about the words, it's the release. And keys bring release and openness and opportunity to us. And so God's looking for the church to be able to operate in that kind of anointing that we can do the work we're called to. We can't be smart enough in the political game. We cannot be wise enough in the ways of the world. We cannot be strong enough in the might of our own power. We're going to need God to show up and we need to use the keys that God says will work. And so if we build the kingdom God's way, if we release the church in its strength, then there's nothing impossible to us. And the things that look too big, too strong, too hard are going to begin to be opened up. Yeah, you can have a fortified city, but if you open up the gate, everything changes. And it doesn't take everybody getting saved. It takes that person that's at the gate getting saved sometimes. Come on, that key person. Rahab was a harlot. (laughs) And she's in the Bible and in the heroes of faith because she opened up the gate to the people of God. Hello? She was despised by everybody and looked down upon. And God says, here, because you have the right heart, I'll change everything for you. And so when we look at ourselves and say, uh, it's too late, too much, too hard, I'm not, I don't have what it takes. God says, wait a minute, are you going to listen to me or are you going to listen to everything else? And the key of Revelation begins to unlock our hearts. Listen to uh, what it says here in Luke 21 and verse 36. It says, Watch and pray always that you may be counted worthy. Now, when it says the gates of hell will not prevail, that word prevail means that uh, it's the word katashuo, and it means that they will not be stronger or be able to overpower or overcome you. So it says the gates of hell literally will not be able to resist you. Why? Because you have the keys. How can they stop you if you have the keys? You can go to the biggest jail in town, but if you have the keys, you can set the prisoners free. You can go to City Hall and they may say no, but if you have the keys to unlock those things or the key to the city or whatever you might call it, then you can have that influence and you can have things open up for you. And so when God gives you a key, and so this word katashua means the gates of hell will not be able to stop you or resist you. Now listen to what it says, as it said in Luke 21, 36. Watch and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. So yeah, are there some things that are going to happen in the last days? Yeah. Are we seeing some of those things happen? I think so. Some trumpets are probably sounding in heaven. A few vials are being poured out here and there. There's some stuff taking place. I can't help but feel like the earth is pregnant and the, and the contractions are getting a little faster and stronger and harder. Yeah, that's all true. But how will you be counted worthy to escape? You Literally, that word, counted worthy to escape, is the very same word, katashuo, which means to prevail or means that these things will not overcome you. In other words, when you're watching and praying, then you're going to always have the keys to make it through whatever's taking place in the earth, in society, in the world, that you will have the keys that God's given to you. And one of those keys is the key of revelation. The key of wisdom. You know, the Lord said, I will give you wisdom. When you have a word of wisdom, that means God's got all the wisdom, but you just need the word that deals with your circumstance to be able to solve the thing. And I don't have time to give you all kinds of testimonies, but people have gotten amazing inventions. They have gotten wonderful strategies and all kinds of advancements simply because they stopped to say, God, I need some wisdom right now. And God showed them things that were just amazing. 
And God's looking for us to operate with words of knowledge, words of wisdom. What is that? God says, I'll send them apostles and prophets, and they are keys. Keys to do what? To unlock these things in the church and in the earth. In other words, the apostolic, the prophetic does something. It, it reveals something. And one of the things it reveals is something called mysteries. What are mysteries? Those are hidden things. And so, you know, when they first came up here to Alaska, there were a lot of hidden things. They didn't know that there was gold in them, their hills, until they began to dig. Right? Or until they began to look in the waters. They began to discover something. And all of a sudden, whoa, look at that nugget. Look at that. There's probably more there. And they began to uh, work it because there began to be a revelation of what was there. You know, we've had the privilege to go into all kinds of nations of the world around the earth. And, and you go into some of these nations and they have awesome natural resources. And yet they're so impoverished, it's amazing. And you say, God, why? Why are the people living like this? And you look at the land, it's fertile. You look at the shores and they're full of blessings and tourism. All kinds of things that they, they have in the ground and all around them. And, and yet, it, what's going on? And the Lord says, there's corruption, witchcraft, there's curses, assignments of the enemy. Mysteries are there that are not being worked or because they're not revealed. There can be the same reality inside of you and I is that, that we're not living up to our potential simply because we don't see what's really inside of us rightly. But uh, apostles and prophets, part of God's call upon them is that they bring revelation. They're foundational and revelational ministries and they're to bring revelation of what God's put inside of it. And there's mysteries that says even in the saints. I can remember one time I was traveling with my dad, uh, Pastor Daniel, and we were young kids and we used to travel from church to church to church. We had a station wagon a 1968 Buick station wagon had a little window on the top that was so cool, kind of rounded with that wood panel you know, it was really nice and uh, my mom put together this four inch foam on the back where we would sleep, us kids would, us three kids, you know and, and I don't know why, but, you know, I guess because it was in the 60's and 70's but it was like this psychedelic kind of fabric she put on. Really, wow. I don't know how you're supposed to sleep. But anyhow, maybe she thought it hypnotized the kids and finally go to sleep. Hallelujah. You know, probably something cheap. But anyhow, we, we got it and we, we, we traveled from place to place. And my, my dad was the kind of, he just, he, you know, we'd, we'd be raised on the, the front row of the church pew and fall asleep there or wake up there or whatever, you know, and uh, go from town to town. But we, he always, you know, back then they had a lot of little, um, I don't know, curious things on the side of the road that you could go and check out. I mean, gas stations and stuff. They'd always have these fun houses and these weird things and the thing and I don't know, all kinds of stuff that was out there and you go out and check it out. So I remember one time we, you know, they were usually fairly free or very cheap, so that's probably why we ended up there. But anyhow, um, we went to this one room in, in, in this kind of gas station thing that was there and we stopped and, and uh, they brought us into this room and they said, we're going to show you something amazing. And they brought in uh, us into this room, and there were all these rocks, just rocks. I mean, ugly, kind of dirty, just regular-looking old, every kind of rock you could think of, just sitting there. I go, yeah, that's rocks, cool. So, all right, now this is what we're going to do. We're going to show you the beauty of these rocks. And all of a sudden, they turned off the normal light, and they turned on—I don't know if it's ultraviolet or black light or some kind of light—and bang, every kind of color you could think of was just glowing out of these rocks, and we're just. Wow. Somehow I think that's kind of what's going to happen. We talk about a new heavens, a new earth. It's just like, you know, we're looking and say, ah, that's pretty. It's nice here in Alaska. I like it. But, man, we haven't seen anything. 
of what God's going to expose to us. And I think that's true about what happens in Revelation. You just throw the right light and boom, whoa, I didn't know that was inside of you. I didn't know you, you had all that there. And that release of the light of God begins to expose a beauty and a, and a majesty and an ability that comes out of us that's just utterly amazing. And another key that, that we were operating in just a little bit uh, earlier here tonight is something called power and authority. You remember Jesus? He brought his disciples to him and he said, I want to give you something. And he said, let me give you something. I'm going to give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy. That word power is dunamis. That word authority is exousia. And exousia is a governmental positioning. And power means that raw power to get the job done. I could have a policeman here and he could stand up with his uniform and he could say, hey, stop in the name of the law. And I could say, forget you and run. And he could say, if you don't listen to my words, I've got the power to stop you. You know, right? Whatever kind that they give, a clock, something, something. And and if you come at him, he's got the power to stop you too. Right? Power over the power. Were there snakes in Egypt that arose out of the the sorcerers? Yeah. But what happened? They got eaten eaten up by what? Moses' snake. The enemy has power, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so he said, I've given you authority, that rightful positioning, and I've given you power to enforce your authority if you need to. You can listen to the word, and if you don't listen, then I can execute authority. I don't know if you've ever tried to cast the devil out, but I tell you what, some devils go out just because you say, in the name of Jesus, go. Other ones, you know, you got to wrestle with a little bit until they truly believe that you believe what you believe you believe until you stay in there longer than they want to stay. And you say, you will not be in this person. I remember fighting against this woman that came to a worship service with our youth down in Brazil. We're in Rio de Janeiro having a worship time. And somebody says, this woman has a problem. So, okay, we take her around the back, find out she's a voodoo priestess. Come to disrupt the service. And so we entered into a duel (laughs) and we began to minister deliverance to her and we had to fight those foul things and they spit at us and talked at us and cursed at us and said all kinds of things and tried to transform her face and say and do things. But you know what? You just got to stay in there saying, no, I'm telling you, I'm not going, you're going. And, And there's... A release of boldness. You know, uh, there was a day that the apostles were being threatened and, and, and they went to the Lord and they cried out and they said, didn't say, God, keep us safe. They said, grant unto us boldness that we might speak your word boldly and that you might do notable signs, wonders, and miracles. They're passing a law to try to stop us, to throw us in jail. And we're praying how? God, give us more power to deal with the enemy. Somehow, God needs a church like that that will boldly take the positioning that God has given us in the name of Jesus. Listen, in the name of Jesus are not magical words to get something done. Poof! Oh, thank you. In the name of Jesus means that you're standing as if Jesus were standing right here, right now. And if Jesus was standing right here, right now, what do you think would be happening when He spoke? So you need to operate and say, Devil... In the name of Jesus, I speak and rebuke you and say, this is what you're going to do. Infirmity, in the name of Jesus. The devil 
goes about doing whatever he can, rob, kill, and destroy. How does he do that? He uses illegitimate authority. Because he has an illegitimate kingdom. But he will get away with whatever he thinks he can get away with. If there were no police officers, if there was no sheriff, if there were no ones appointed to administrate law in our land, then any of that could take place. You know, the wild, wild west. You are your own law. But when you have officers of the law that come and represent the government, then they deal with lawless deeds. Now, you and I are called to represent Jesus. And so when an officer of the law shows up, he's not just representing himself or his abilities. You may say, he's old, he's bald, uh, I, I think he's ugly, he smells, I, I don't like him, I know something about his family. I don't care what you think. If you're smart, you'll recognize he's not representing himself today. He's representing something much more. There's a whole force that's backing him up. And so when you see that uniform and when you hear his words, you should really heed. Just like when a judge is standing behind his desk and he says, this is the verdict, then you should say, yes, your honor. Who are you honoring? You're not just honoring that person because you may like him or not like him. You should be honoring the position. And so he's wearing the robe, he's in the position, he has the uniform, and he's been given authority. I'm telling you what, that's the way it is when we go out into the earth, is that we take on the uniform of the Christian and the armor of God, and we say we are representing someone in the name of Jesus, and we come out there and we say, devil, you may be thinking that you're getting away with us robbing, you think you're killing people's vision, you think you're going to come and bring assignments of cursing, but in the name of Jesus, I have been authorized, I have been deputized, and sit now to deal with you and now I arrest you from doing what you think you can do in our city and in our territory and in this state or whatever place God has sent you and you say no way you're not going to come into my family and do that in the name of Jesus now I'm using my power and authority to come against you and God's looking for the kind of church that knows to operate at the gate like that but God's looking for Ones that are not just understanding that we have been given the gospel of salvation. The gospel of salvation gets you into something. It's the key that brings you into a place called the kingdom. And what Jesus preached about was the gospel of the kingdom. And the kingdom doesn't just happen in the church. It happens in the earth. So everywhere we go, when we come into a place where God gives us prominence, position, promotion, promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from the Lord, and He gives it to you purposely. And so God says, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. And that's why we come to church and we get equipped, we get prepared, we get our heart right, we get righteousness and justice rightly aligned in our mind and in our heart, so that when we are given a place of position, it could be a father over your family. It could be a position on the job or in the, the marketplace. It could be a place in government. It could be a place uh, in education where you are set there at the gate you're the one that will determine what takes place and when you have keys you know that you have what you need to get the job done so how many want to believe that tonight that you will be able to arise in faith and be able to use the keys that God's given to you that he will not say oh my goodness I paid that great price I did all that work and I gave it to my children and they just have wasted it all no look what they've done proud dad looking down and said, wow, man, look how they're operating. Look how they're using that which I have uh, prepared for them. Look how they're going further than I ever thought they would. Look at them. 
I want you to stand up with me right now and just lift up your heart as you lift up your hands. And let's just agree together tonight that God will begin to infuse us with a whole new understanding. That we will begin to believe some things about ourselves that perhaps we haven't always believed. God wants to release a key revelation. The reason we even prophesy to people is just to release a greater understanding of what God has said about you and who you are. You can war warfare by the prophecies that have gone on over you. It's a key of opening up doors and advancing in your life, your family, and do your future and your ministry. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Father, we ask you right now that you will begin to release things into our hands and release an ability to be able to use it rightly. Father, if we've been neglectful, we haven't used the gifts of the Spirit. We haven't used the anointings. We haven't used the talents. We haven't used the abilities. And Father, we just ask you simply to forgive. Forgive me, Lord. Change my mind and change my heart and help me to arise the way you need me to in these days. You need Esther's. You need Daniel's. You need Joseph's that are sent to the kingdom for such a time as this. We may just say we're just servants. We're not great. And yet you want to do great things because we have the key that changes everything. So, Father, if we change one heart or we change a nation... Or we change one heart that may change a nation. We never know. We're just here to say we are willing to use what we have rightly. So as you're lifting your hands, you know, lifting your hands is a sign of surrender. Somebody puts a gun in your back. If you're smart, you lift up your hands and say, I surrender. You know, take what you want. Well, we're doing it willingly. Just saying, Lord, we surrender. It's not my will. What do you need for me to do for you? It's not about what I want, how I feel comfortable, what's easy. It's about God. How can I be used to advance your kingdom and set the captive free? So, Lord, right now I lay hold of that which you've given. And I want you to, with your right hand, just to lay hold as you were grasping. Lay hold of the keys of revelation and wisdom that God said that He would give to us. Ephesians 1.17 I pray that you would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him that you might understand that great calling and that great power that has been purchased for you. Seated in the heavenly places. Operating in authority. So Father, help us to operate with the keys of revelation and wisdom in a way that would honor you and that would testify of what you have done and that would open up things. Father, if things are going to be opened up, it's because we're using our keys. And if things that need to be shut down are going to be shut down, it's because we've used our keys to lock up the enemy. Lord, if things are going to be started, it's because we put the key in the ignition and we put the gas and the pedal to the metal and we begin to cause something to move. So, Father, today I make a fresh dedication to you that I will use that which you've given to me. Now, with your other hand, just lift it up to the Lord and grasp the keys of power and authority. Dunamis and exousia. The God spoke in His Word and said, Satan has fallen like lightning from heaven, but I have given authority in the earth to those that are following me, those that bear my name, those that represent me in the earth. And because of that, they have the authority 
and they operate to execute my will in the earth. So, Father, we pray like the apostles of old. We may be facing difficulty. We may be facing persecution. We may be facing things that are intimidating us, but we rise up and we don't just cry out to be safe. We cry out to be the ones that you have given rightfully that positioning of authority. And we cry out as they did. Give us more boldness, God! Give us boldness that we might speak boldly in your name and see signs, wonders, and miracles. And that we might see your kingdom released in the earth. Now, Father, I pray right now for everyone here. Lord, in humility, we say we need to learn of you. We need to know your kingdom ways. Father, if we're going to be positioned, then we want to have righteousness in our life, holiness. We want to not shame you, but proclaim you. And so, Father, we want to have righteous ways established in our family, in our life, in our mind, in our heart, and how we operate day to day. And Lord, we also want to understand justice. What is right in your eyes? What are the ways that would bring strength? What are the strategies that would bring release? How do we help the hurting and the poor and the broken? How do we lift up those that are down? How do we give them what they need to arise? And how do we cause alignment of heaven and earth to take place. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we rightly stand at the gate and operate to bring your kingdom into our city, into our family, into our state, and into our nation? So, Father, we just receive that mandate right now. You may have a little fear or trepidation in your heart. Don't know what all it means, but that's okay. You know what? When we got saved, we didn't know everything, did we? And we've got the Holy Spirit. We didn't know all of it really was. When, when we took our first step of faith and believed for something, we didn't know everything. We just knew what God asked us to do. God says, you don't have to have it all together. You just have to have Him. So I want you to just one more time, stretch up your hands toward heaven and just say, God is... Whatever you ask, it's okay. I'm going to do it your way. I want to be an influencer for you. And I want to bring influence for your kingdom's sake in the earth. Now just pray in the Holy Ghost and let some mysteries be unfolded in your life right now. Let some things just come to the forefront of your mind and of your heart by revelation about what God is saying to you about that very thing in your life right now. Oh, and the Lord says even to the state of Alaska lift up your head O ye gates for you are a gate state even to the nation and I will make you a gateway state even unto the nations says the spirit of the Lord Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, and the King of glory shall come.
come in. The Lord says that the King of glory is coming in to the state of Alaska. The Lord says that I am descending upon this state with a mantle of glory. I am descending upon this state, says the Lord, with an outpouring of my Holy Spirit. The Lord says that I am creating a heavenly portal that even as, uh, even as Jacob looked and said, this is the gate of heaven, the Lord says that I am creating a gateway into the heavenly realm over the state of Alaska. And even as Jacob looked and saw angels ascending and descending upon the ladder, so over the state of Alaska, the Lord says that I am causing angels to ascend and to descend. The Lord says in Juneau, in your houses of government, the Lord says that I am causing angels to ascend and to descend. In Anchorage, I am causing angels to ascend and to descend. And here in Wasilla, I am causing angels to ascend and to descend. I am causing them to ascend and descend in Fairbanks that I might create multitudes of heavenly gateways within this gateway state. For this whole entire region is coming into a new season of heavenly outpouring and revelation will pour out and signs and wonders will pour out and I am also releasing a new fresh governmental mantle upon this state to turn the battle for this nation at the gates. New strategies are going to come forth out of this, the midst of this glory. For the glory is not just a wonderful feeling. The glory is the manifest presence of the Lord. And I'm going to manifest my presence in this gate state. And from this place I will give access to the rest of the nation. For the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And you are one of the last states. And the Lord says that from one of these last places I will bring tremendous promotion. And a conduit of glory and blessing. Not just upon your state. But upon the nation, says the Lord. Now if you feel that God is, that you have, have a passion and a calling to government, I want you just to lift up your hands. A passion and a calling for government. Matter of fact, I want those that are called to government, just quickly come to the front. Quickly come to the front. I just see this government mantle. This mantle of, maybe it's praying for government. Maybe it's believing to take on a calling to government I mean don't you know to, to serve in government some, some way I just really believe that there is a fresh mantle for those that are called to stand in the gate of government let me just say something if you are a school teacher you're not just a school teacher you're standing in the gate of education okay if you're in, in the corporate business world you're not just a business person you're standing in the gate of business now these are called to stand in the gate of government, and I want you just to stretch your hands out towards them. Just come, come all the, come all the way down to the front so that I can see who you are. Okay, this young man, he's coming up. He's saying, "Man, I'm called to government." Hallelujah! Called to be a nation changer, aren't you? Hallelujah! He just look at me eyeball to eyeball, aren't you? I thank you for the anointing. Now just stretch your hands out towards it. Let me tell you, if God's going God's to shift things in this state to shift our nation. Now, Father, we just thank you right now for a fresh mantle. 
I'm just going to lay hands on you just real quickly. Father, I thank you for a fresh governmental anointing, for an anointing to turn the battle at the gate of government, Father God. In Jesus' name, a mantle right now in the name of Jesus. Eva, the Spirit of the Lord says, Daughter, you are dreaming big dreams. But the Lord says, Daughter, I am the master of your dream. And the Lord says that I put dreams in your heart, says God, uh, not, to, not to only minister in the church, but to also take on the calling to shape government. And the Lord says, Daughter, I want you to know that I'm going to open some educational doors to you, says the Lord. I'm going to cause uh, the pathway of education to unfold before you. And where you thought that your opportunity was limited, the Lord says, Look again, daughter, and see that I am making a way for you to get the degrees. I am making a way for you, says the Lord, to be educated. But the Lord says that the power is not going to come just through the natural education. There's going to be a a process in the natural, but there's also going to be a process in the spirit. And you're going to be one that's full of my spirit, full of my anointing, and yet wearing the suit uh, uh, that, that the people understand in the secular realm. And when you speak, your voice will carry authority, and it will carry a power that challenges the status quo and that challenges the good old boy system. Now, Father, I loose that anointing upon this young woman now, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, loose that anointing. Loose that anointing, Father God. Loose that power right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, for release. Release. Governmental release. Governmental release, Father God. Ivy, the Spirit of the Lord says, Daughter, I want you to know that I've allowed you to see a lot of the works of the enemy. The Lord says, daughter, in some ways it touched your own life and and, and it tried to scar you. But the Lord says the things that the enemy meant against you for evil are actually turning for your good. Because I've given you a passion for justice, says the Lord. I've given you a passion to say, I'm going to be the one that will stand up for those that have no voice. And I will cause you to be one that is a voice for the voiceless. I will give you a voice, says the Lord, for those who have been downtrodden, those who have been used and abused, those who feel like they've had their choices taken from them. I will make you an advocate. And I will make you their voice, says the Spirit of God. And I will cause you to be the voice of justice in the land. Because you've stepped up and you've said, God, some things may have happened to me, but I'm going to stand in the way. And I'm going to stand in the gate to make sure it doesn't happen to others. And the Lord says, daughter, I'm going to work with you. You're going to actually find that I'm going to make you a part of a vision, says the Lord, for something that's much bigger than you. And the Lord says, I'm going to provide funding for you to be able to go and give yourself to a cause. David said, is there not a cause? And I put a cause in your heart and you're going to see even legislation shifted because of that cause that you involve yourself in. Now, Father, I loose to her that great Great authority in the Spirit now, Lord. Great authority in the Spirit. Great authority, Father God, in the Spirit. In Jesus' name, loose that great authority. Father, I pray for Danny right now, Father. I thank you, Lord, that just like his namesake Daniel was a prophet, and yet he was used in government. I thank you, Lord, that this young man is going to stand with one foot in the church, with the voice of authority in the church, but he's also going to stand in the courts of men and in the courts of government. And Lord, you've given him such a compassionate heart. You've given him such a tender heart. But Father God, it's going to be out of that place of compassion. It's going to be out of that place of passion, Father, that he's going to speak and see things shift. Now, Father, I thank you for that anointing that's flowing all over his life. And 
I thank you, Father, for Hannah. I thank you, Father God, that you've given her a heart, Father God, to see those that have been broken, to see those that have been bruised. Lord, you've given her a very tender heart to be very sensitized that when people smile on the outside but they're crying on the inside, Hannah knows it, Lord, because you've made her very discerning. And I thank you, Father God, that she's not going to fall into places of false responsibility. She's not going to fall into a place of false burden bearing. She's not going to fall into a place, Father God, where the enemy overwhelms her by the things that she is allowed to see in the Spirit. But, Father God, she's going to stand up for righteousness and for truth. And, Father God, that this entire family will be a voice for change in this land, Father God. We bless them in that. In Jesus' name, Lord, loose your anointing. Loose that governmental anointing. I just bless Trayton and Trinity right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just take that position right now to bless them. And the Lord says, Son, you made sacrifices and you made a determination in your mind about how you would advance in this hour. And there's been some curves in the road and you've had to kind of navigate along to say, Okay, God, whatever it takes, I'm going to follow you this way. And the Lord says, Son, even as you have laid down even the agenda that you came with and you put it in my hand, I begin to take up your cause and I begin to show you some things about even who you are and who I am to you. And there's that place that I've taken in your life that before you allowed other things to kind of migrate there and to kind of stay. And now the Lord says, I've allowed them to go away so that you would have to uh, have your eyes upon the higher prize. And the Lord says, the prize is knowing me. And the more that you receive, even of that reality, the more you're going to see you're prepared to face everything that I'm going to cause you to be for me. For was not even my servant John the Baptist a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And so you will do a work for me many times of preparation and breaking open the ground to be able to receive the seed. And you will be one that will have an anointing as a pioneer would to be able to say, I'm going to go away less traveled and I'm going to do what you ask me to do, even if it's hard. And there's a sacrifice in your heart that you have made. But the Lord says, I am going to give you more than you could contain for there shall be an overflow anointing upon your life, says the Lord, and then when you feel that this is enough, you'll always know that there's more than enough, and that there will be a release that will flow back into spaces and places and people that you've cried out to me for in a way that they will say, because you obeyed, I know that's why I have received. And the Lord says, son, I've received your obedience, and there's a blessing and a reward that's going to start on the inside and work its way all the way through to all that you're called to, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Pam, Father, I bless Pam right now. Lord, I thank you, Father, for Pam, this anointed woman. And the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I have anointed you to be a watchman at the gate. To be a watchman at the gate in a state that is a gate state. And sometimes the things that you see and the things that you hear both in the natural and in the spirit can at times feel overwhelming to you. And at times you've had to stay, you've had to take a place in the positioning that I've given to you and you just literally had to lean on the on the arm of my spirit because you felt weak in yourself 
from being able to do that which I've called you to do. But the Lord says, daughter, I've given you the ability to watch and to pray. I've given you the prophetic eyes of the watchman, says the Spirit of the Lord. And I have given you the authority that goes along with it. And this is a new season of authority for you, says God. This is a new season of authority to stand in the gap. This is a new season of authority, says the Lord, to mobilize the intercessors. This is a new season, says the Lord, to be able to do uh, even the missions that I've called you to do. There's been many seasons of prophetic acts that I've sent you uh, uh, to fulfill many prophetic acts. And if you told them to other people, half of them, uh, half the people would think you were crazy. But the Lord says, daughter, you've just been led by my spirit and I've been well pleased with you, says the Lord. And the Lord says, daughter, because you've been willing to do the hard thing, because you've been willing to stand in the hard place, because you've been willing at times to uh, to lay down your own agenda and your own dreams for those that I've called you to, to support and to serve, the Lord says, daughter, I'm not just going to bless you in that sacrifice, but I'm going to bless you back, says the Lord. And you're going to find that this is going to be a season of increase over your life. There's going to be a season of financial increase so that you're able to do and go and accomplish some things that have been in your heart to do. But the Lord says, daughter, it's going to be a year of increase and expansion. A year of, uh, of being able to move into the next phase of the vision that I've given to you. And the Lord says, daughter, that, that uh, you, you've waited on me. You've been faithful to wait on me. But now you're going to begin to see the fruits of your labor and the reward of your prayers, says the Spirit of God. The Lord says, daughter, I'm, I'm also loosing to you a double portion of my spirit, says the Lord, of a new release of revelation. For the Lord says, daughter, sometimes you've just been frustrated because of all that goes on in the natural. But the Lord says, daughter, I'm going to show you how to pray in a new way in the realm of the supernatural that is literally going to cut off the hands of the enemy. And the Lord says, daughter, that I'm going to have you at times going to some of these different cities where my glory is being established. I'm going to have you go into to Juno, and I'm going to have you go to some strategic places in Anchorage and even in Fairbanks, and you're going to be going uh, maybe with just one or two on missions for you, for your king, for missions for the, for the king of glory. And the Lord says, daughter, that you're going to be there for one purpose, and that is to open the gate of heaven over the state. And the Lord says, daughter, I've put keys of access in your hands, keys of the kingdom, keys of heaven. And the Lord says, daughter, as your days are, so shall your strength be. Your health will not fail. Your, your, your physical person will not fail. You will have strength to run in this battle, declares the Spirit of the Lord. I just hear the Lord saying, you have not failed, but you prevailed. And because he said, stand, and having done all, stand. Because you're standing, you are not only a winner, but you are a success. And I see that the Lord says, the enemy has tried to say some things, but the Lord says, just put it underneath your feet. The Lord says, you have the winning strategy. Amen? Who else is up here for government? All right, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for that governmental release, that governmental mantle, Father God, a fresh mantle from heaven right now. Lift up your hands, on Father, I just thank you for that mantle right now, God, that comes from heaven. Lord, a mantling, Father God, of your spirit. Father God, a mantling of your Holy Spirit outpouring. And the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I'm going to make you one that is very keen in understanding how I speak in dreams and visions. And the Lord says, daughter, that I'm 
I'm going to begin to pour out dreams and visions on you. And I'm going to show you strategies for how to pray for government. I'm going to show you strategies of those that are seated in governmental positions. And there's going to be times that you're literally going to have dreams and then encounter those people later and say, you know what? God gave me a dream about you and you're going to share it. But the Lord says, daughter, I, don't, I want you to know it's not, I want to develop you in this, not just for you, but the Lord says, because I want to make you as a Daniel. I want to make you as a Joseph because I'm going to bring you in contact with, uh, with people that don't know me that are having dreams that are in the government over this state. And you're going to, you're, they're going to say, wow, I had this crazy dream last night. And you're going to say, hey, do you want to hear what God's saying to you through that dream? And the Lord says, daughter, I'm going to give you dreams of revelation, but I'm also going to bless you with the ability to bring interpretation and penetration into their hearts. Now, Father, I list that in Jesus' name. And I see it's going to be key that you have just a, a solid foundation and just a practicality in how you operate as well because you're going to be out there a little bit but the Lord says the more strength of integrity and in in how you operate is going to give you the credibility to be able to operate and do the things that you need to even on the other realm of the spiritual component that you're going to bring. Amen? loose this governmental mantle right now. We loose it, Father God, upon these that are up here. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this young man. What's your name? Father, I thank you for Michael, but Lord, in the spirit, he's like a Daniel. I thank you, Father God, that Daniel went to all the, to all the, the, the universities that Babylon had to offer. But Father, he was trained by the Holy Spirit. And the Lord says, Son, I'm taking you through the training in the Holy Spirit right now. But the Lord says, Son, you're also going to go through some natural processes of preparation and training. And, but the Lord says that I want you to know that through all of that, the spirit of excellence is going to come upon you. Even as an excellent spirit was upon Daniel. He wasn't just excellent in knowledge and excellent in wisdom or excellent in learning, but he was excellent because he knew how to hear the voice of God and he knew how to interpret dreams and he knew how to respond in the spirit. And so the Lord says, son, I have a dual training process for you. Step in and you will see my power flow. Lord, I loose it now. I loose it now, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Release, 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 God. Lord, release your government. Release your mantle. Release your power right now, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Let's just give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. 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 Just turn to somebody and say, watch out, I'm more anointed than you know. (laughs) If you would all be seated for just a moment, we want to take a very, uh, very special moment in the service to sow seed into the ministry of Dr. Tom, Dr. Jane Hammond. Uh, Ushers, if you'd please assist me. If you'd like an envelope to uh, record your giving so you can get IRS tax credit, you can go ahead and lift your hand. One of the ushers will bring that to you. If you're making out a check, make it out to KC or you can write King's Chapel, KC for short. We will bless our guests and release that gift to them, that seed that you sow into their ministry. Wow. Now, tomorrow morning at Wasilla Assembly of God, Dr. Tom Hammond's going to be preaching for you. Isn't that right, Pastor Ed and Robin? Yeah. And what time is your service? At 1030. So uh, God's going to be moving over there. It's going to be tremendous. It's going to be moving all over the place. Come on, we're, we're a gateway state. Somebody say hallelujah. Powerful. 
uh, here at KC. Dr. Jane Hammond will be ministering. And then uh, that's at 10 o'clock. I will encourage you, you know, as a pastor, um, if you're committed to another church, go to it. (laughs) Go to the local church. Come on, Pastor Rick, give me an amen. Go to your local church. You get plugged in. Now, Sunday night... We're going to be here. I know many many places don't have a Sunday night. Um, Pastor Ed and the whole crew over there, they felt led to, you know, just have their house of prayer, which they usually have. What time is that usually for you guys? At 6. So so they're bringing everybody here. Now, usually they have a Sunday night service there, but he's spreading the word, and they're going to come, and we've got kind of a joint worship thing that's going to happen with the Wasilla Assembly of God, and and uh, our worship team here Sunday night, 6 o'clock. Come, bring people. It's going to be powerful. We'll pull out extra chairs and just going to let the kingdom come. Amen? It's going to be powerful. But go back to your local church. You be a part of that. Come on, you be, a, you be somebody who just serves and be faithful to the local church that you're a part of tomorrow morning. Amen? Amen? Amen. Ushers, would you come and let's, uh, let's bless our guests. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to release a seed into the ministry of Dr. Tom and Jane Hammond. And we thank you for Vision Church in Florida in Florida. And we thank you for all that you're doing there this weekend. That they are willing to come up here and make a deposit and Lord we receive the deposit that they're making that Lord we'd be forever changed we will not just it'll not just be head knowledge Lord we're going to wage a good warfare with the prophetic word spoken over our lives and over our over our region over our churches over the church at large the body of Christ God we thank you and we praise you and we exalt you and magnify you For all that you're doing. For your word that's gone forth sharper than any two-edged sword. And we say yes. Would you say that with me? We say yes. yes. Say it again. We say yes. yes. In Jesus' name. Ushers go right ahead. Hallelujah. Praise God. Would you stand with me? Pastor Ed, would would you do us the honor of just blessing the people and closing our service tonight? put our hands over our hearts and um, Father I Father we agree with the word that was ministered by your Holy Spirit and I pray that it would penetrate deep into the night God I pray for supernatural dreams I pray for a revelation God I pray for a peaceful night Lord I pray for those who were restless nights would be at the shalom of you the presence of you But, Father, this is what we pray. We pray earnestly that we would stand perfect and fully assured in all of the will of God. We don't want some of it, Lord. We want all of your will, that we would stand perfect and fully assured. Now, place your hand on the person next to you. Say, God, give them more. Amen. Just say, God, give them more. Give them more. 
give them more. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. God bless you. We'll hope to see you tomorrow night. Praise the Lord, everybody.